0: From Relay FM, this is Connected, episode one hundred and fifty-five. Today's show is brought to you by Blue Apron, Squarespace, and Bombfell. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello,
1: Michael. We're together. We are. High five. That's how we prove it. We're ah. in
0: uh, Relay FM World Headquarters, which is Stephen's office.
1: Yeah. So, so this is the first time you've been in the studio recording this show, yes? Yeah. You've had. Uh, you've had. Quite the experience with all the old Macs. You've mm-hmm. touched a lot of them. You've asked me lots of questions. They're all behind me. Yes, they're on a big shelf. Let me take a look at them quickly. Okay.
0: Um, I'm trying to work out which one of them I like the most. The uh, Prob- a- Probably the orange iMac. The orange iMac. The, floor. I think the, 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 the single one. iMac G3 that remains. Yeah, I, I think it's the best looking. Although I do like the old ones right at the very top, the little cute ones, the original oh, yeah. Macs. Yeah, the,
1: there's a 128K, a Plus, and an SE up there, joined by a Classicus. We're going to cut it open this afternoon. Someone meld us a Classic. Not us. Me. You. I have nothing to Joint do with Joint custody. This. Really? Matt Classic, no. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So we're together. We're uh, celebrating Relay's birthday week together, as we do every year. There's some more about that a little bit uh, in the show, but we have some follow-up. We sure do. And we we spoke forever ago about the smart connector, a little three-pin gizmo on the spine of the iPad pro line and how it's basically only being used for a couple of things and there's an article in fast company last week that talks about this and I think it mirrors kind of what we had felt was true that there are high costs and maybe some high wait times to get the components you need and that it's sort of difficult to build for it's sort of a difficult system and I think a lot of accessory makers have just decided that Bluetooth just easier and a better fit. And so they're they're doing that, which, which makes sense. I mean,
0: so one of the things the article calls out is that, right, like Bluetooth might be better for keyboards. I don't agree. I mean, it, it might be easier as a manufacturer to make something which is Bluetooth over a smart connector, but mm-hmm. having been a daily user of a smart connector attached keyboard, smart connector is vastly superior because... There is no, no battery to worry about. Yeah. There's no charging, and it con- can be constantly attached to the device. Like there are struggles, right, around viewing angles and power. I'm sure is a is a difficulty, but you know there have been, and I have used uh, backlit keys with a smart connector keyboard. Like I think that it is a superior connector for the user for the user, provided that the features could be there from the from the developer or the creator. Yeah. Do you think it's holding the iPad Pro back? No. I don't think it's holding it back. I think that a, a, a richer ecosystem in the smart con- of smart connector accessories could enhance the iPad Pro um, and make it even better than it already is, right? Like, to prospective buyers. But I don't think that it is holding the product back, per se, because it's not there, if that makes sense, right? Like, I don't, I don't think people are like, oh, I don't want to, one of those things because it's... Not got enough accessories, but in having more accessories, it would be better, if that makes sense.
1: It's fair. Uh, Apple does say that multiple companies are working on products. Right now, it's just been them and Logitech. They have Mm -hmm. that weird charging base stand that charges it very, very slowly. Yeah, that thing is not a real product, in my opinion. No. Uh, I do want to talk about Logitech for a second, though. So I picked up those the Circle 2, the camera. Mm -hmm. We talked about that several weeks ago. And I ran into the, the trouble that I was getting a lot of reflection in my window mount because of the way my windows are, it's no problem with the camera itself, but I have a storm window and I'm getting a lot of reflection. So I decided to return them. So, that, so they were on the inside, post, yes, pec- Looking focusing out, out but yes. the reflection coming from the outside onto the window meant you couldn't right. see outside. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so I've I'm gonna send them back. This is my completely self-entitled rant it's really difficult to return things to logitech or talk to their customer support page or support people they uh you know the cameras are great but uh i'm having some interesting times trying to get a return label sad it's hard everything should be easy and it is not so workflow (laughs) update again i remember
0: that app um there is a very detailed what is new in work, the newest Workflow Update 1.7.5 on their website. Um, it seems to be mostly very small things. Um, they've added some little bits and bobs, right? Like different actions for some different applications. But they've also have a, a, a column of items that are just for the iOS 11 beta, which is good, I mean... It shows that they are attempting to keep the app running well, which is a good sign. I think that was something we were worried about. But I think what remains to be seen is what the actual application is doing now. Like, are we just in maintenance mode
1: here? Right, just bug fixes, or is there new exciting stuff coming for 11? Exactly. I would have read that page, but they didn't put in their App Store release notes. It just said bug fixes and compatibility improvements. So I didn't read the document that they put out. Because they put out They changed uh, it then. Cruddy App Store release notes. Oh, how interesting. They changed it. Because when I got it, it told me to look I looked look this for the morning. URL. Yeah, I like this well the URL's there, but you can't tap on it.
0: Well, but like have... Oh, put it on put it
1: in the release notes. That's why they're there. This is a bigger rant about mini apps. Ugh, but workflow really? sh- you should know better. Workflow one
0: point seven point five includes bug fixes and compatibility improvements. See the full list of changes at slash what's new. I don't think that's too difficult. It's lazy.
1: Anyways, uh, I agree with you. Like the question now is, is it maintenance mode? Like Federico, do you remember Federico? He used to be on the show. He had a tweet or something recently talking about um, like the possibilities of an iOS eleven. You and I were talking about it this week. Like, how cool would it be to have your workflows up in split view and drag a bunch of content onto a workflow and and let it fire? Like all sorts of things could happen. And I hope they're working on that. I kind of think they probably are, but you know i think we'll we'll see more as the fall rolls on hopefully yeah i mean like this is, we could have asked this question about them
0: whether they were bought by apple or not sure right like there's no way of knowing if someone's going to actually implement the features that you want so we're kind of in the same same area but i don't know of anyone that has a workflow beta like i was i don't know i mean pe- people may but i don't know i've not seen anything so I know as much as anybody else knows as to whether they're actually implementing these yeah. features. I
1: and mean, being an internal team, that may have come to an end. I don't, I don't really know either. Yeah, I have faith, though. Me too. I'm, I'm, I'm choosing to remain positive about it that because they're doing bug fixes, because they are doing something, I want to believe they're doing a lot more than this. And uh, it's a whole lot of really smart people working on something that's great just for it to be limping along. So fingers crossed, I think, for me. So the reason that I am
0: here and that we are together, uh, that isn't the reason that Federico's away. Um, Federico just couldn't make it today. Uh, he was sad that he wasn't here. He is very sad, and he wants you all to know that he loves you so much, but um, but he couldn't make it today, which is okay. I think that's okay. Okay. Uh, the reason that I'm here is because it is Relay FM's third anniversary this week. So, me and Stephen get together kind of around this time every year so we can go over some stuff business wise, but also because we have a lot of fun things happening this week. So, and actually, throughout the rest of the month, lots of Relay FM bonuses will be occurring. If you are a Relay FM member, we've mentioned this in the past, uh, go to Relay.fm/slash membership and you can sign up, support any show, and you'll receive all of the bonuses. Which currently the feed, the bonus feed includes our connected bonus episode where we talk about our home screens. That's already out. Um, and there is some fantastic stuff coming for the rest of the month. Um, and this includes a new, we have a new perk, which is 5K wallpapers, desktop wallpapers of all of the Relay FM show artwork. They're beautiful. Which are amazing, and they are now available to members. If you're an existing member, uh, take a look at your email. If you're a new member, there'll be a link in the email that we send you. It's all email. Just everybody just check your email right now, and then maybe you'll have a link. Um, And if you don't, it means you need to become a member, so go to relay.fm/slash Membership. Please sign up. We'd really appreciate it, and we try and give you lots and lots of fun bonus content to make that worth your while. Whilst we're focused on our lovely company here, uh, we have a new design for our website which we haven't really spoken about too much yet.
1: Yeah, uh, so we, we launched this uh, Sunday night. There's a blog post on the Relay blog talking about it. The idea was to make the site feel and look much more like the rest of Relay. The website came from a time uh, very early on in the company, and we've finally been able to, to come back around to it. It's much faster. It's much easier to see what's new and discover more, and uh, the, the guys behind it, so uh, the, the mysterious Twitter user, Forgotten Towel. And then a, a developer here in Memphis by the name of Jason, both have worked extremely hard on this, and um, I'm, I'm really happy with it. it. looks It looks really good.
0: Yeah, my favorite thing about the new design um, is that each show, when you click into an episode or a show, they get their own color. The page kind of changes color based upon the show, um, and it helps give each of our uh, podcasts at Relay FM their own identity when you're on the website and and I really liked that I think that that was a really nice touch whoever it was that came up with that was very smart it wasn't me uh, I'm not trying to take that glory but one mm-hmm. of the crew the the web design team uh, came up with it and yeah we really love it there are still some things that need polishing um because as everybody knows it doesn't matter how great you test something once you put it to production things start to go wrong and we're working our way through a lot of those sort of little things now uh, but yeah we're really really happy with it and I want to extend my thanks to Stephen for managing it um, and to Frank and Jason for doing all the hard work, putting the thing together. It is a, It was a huge, long project that's been going on for a while and it was really great that we got to unveil it this week.
1: It was a lot of fun. We also did our annual Q&A, mm-hmm. but this time we did it on video. We sure did
0: on, over on my YouTube channel. Uh, we put together a Q&A video, which I recommend that you watch. Um, if you're interested in learning more about how we think about our company, then definitely take some time, watch the video. It's about 30 minutes long. We answer a bunch of great questions from Relay RelayFM listeners. If you're not really that interested, just watch the first 30 seconds and the last 30 seconds, and you won't be disappointed, I think. <laughs> yeah it's
1: it's really something yeah it was a lot of fun to do
0: yeah we put that together all in the studio so you also get to see a little bit of steven studio as well so uh, i recommend that you go ahead and watch that because we had a lot of fun putting that together all right so should we take our first break Let's do it. Today's show is brought to you by Blue Apron, the number one recipe delivery service with the freshest ingredients. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone, whilst also supporting a more sustainable food system. They set the highest standards for ingredients and build a community of home chefs. Every single ingredient that arrives from your Blue Apron deliveries will be ready to cook. This is Blue Apron's freshness guarantee. And if there's anything wrong, they will make it right. Blue Apron ship just the right amount of every ingredient that you need for your recipes. They reduce food waste by doing this, and it also makes it easier for you to keep track of what you need to be putting into each of your meals. All of the meals come with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card, so you'll be able to follow along, and every single meal can be cooked in 40 minutes or less for the price of less than $10 a meal. Blue Apron will deliver to you recipes that are all seasonal with fresh, high-quality ingredients to help you make these beautiful meals at home. Right now you can choose from food like meatball pizza with fresh mozzarella cheese, miso butter salmon and lo mein noodles of cucumber and charmed tomatoes, or maybe even basil pesto chicken with summer vegetable panzanella. All of that sounds absolutely Absolutely amazing. There is no weekly commitment. You get those deliveries when you want them. You can check out this week's menu and get three meals for free of your first purchase, including free shipping, just by going to blueapron.com connected. You're going to love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals at Blue Apron. So go get started today by going to blueapron.com connected. We'd like to thank Blue Apron for their support of this show. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. More follow-up. More follow-up. we all the great follow-up. Uh, Chris Latner. Chris Knightley, you may remember, uh, he spent a long time at Apple. He created Swift along with some other stuff. I think Clang and LLVM, which are my understanding is they are compilers and that's the end of my knowledge. Good, yeah. Do a good job. It's good. Okay. So he left uh, Apple sometime in the last few months. He went to Tesla, as you may remember, which was big news. For like four days. <laughs> he then left Tesla uh, for what seemed
1: like Differences? Yeah, it it seemed mutual. And so, you know, uh, he put out a statement and then sort of cleaned the statement up afterwards that it just wasn't a good fit. So whatever happened, happened, wasn't a good fit. But uh, the news now is that he has landed at Google, working on Google Brain, which we actually had to look up because neither of us were that familiar with it.
0: No, I, I've never heard of Google Brain before, and, and I think they don't talk about it, really, which is the reason. But I went and took a look at it. I, I did some Googling um, and found out that Google Brain is a team focused on uh, artificial intelligence and deep learning, and they are actually a part of Google's research arm, And from the page, this is what I read. Uh, Google Brain team members set their own research agenda, with the team as a whole maintaining a portfolio of projects across different time horizons and levels of risk. So when I read this, take a look at this and look at uh, the fact that Latner left Apple, who are clearly starting to work on AI, and then he went to Tesla and then left Tesla so quickly. My kind of read on this is that Maybe he wasn't able to work on what he wanted to work on at Apple, which is clearly artificial intelligence, because he's taken two AI-focused roles right. since his time since he left Apple. I assume that Apple probably wanted him to focus on Swift because that was where he was best. Fitting for them, so he must have wanted to go and work on AI again. This is all just conjecture, it's just taking, I'm just trying to read the tea leaves on it. Um, and my assumption is that for whatever reason he couldn't get on with the people at Tesla, or didn't like the work, or it just wasn't a fit for him. But this role at Google seems like it would give him a lot of flexibility to work on whatever he's interested in, right? Like setting your own agenda for research seems like a real kind of pie in the sky, airy fairy type yeah job right like you can go in and think and write and like it's incredibly smart and there are lots of incredible people and stuff comes out of that but it feels very relaxed right like in what you would be able to do as an individual right like it feels like something that is google just hire a bunch of smart people on the off chance that one of them might have a great idea
1: yeah it seems like a very academic setting yeah and uh i'd imagine that's a change of pace from working on compilers and languages and and even from Tesla where he was over sort of real products and real things, this seems a little more abstract, but I, I wish him all the best. And I think it's interesting that that's where he is. And, mm-hmm. and, and at least the two of us and hopefully maybe some of our listeners learned a little bit more uh, about this program at Google. I think it's, I think it's um, fascinating. These companies have little pockets where it's just super smart people doing research and, and doing stuff that could take place in an academic setting, but in, within the, the walls of a, of a corporation.
0: Yeah, I think this may be the last we hear from Chris Latner for a while. Um and I hope that the reason is
1: because he fits there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how much re- like public research comes out of this. I know that's been a conversation quite
0: a bit probably a bit.
1: There's a conversation on Apple, right, where yeah. people wanted to to publish their research and so Apple made a blog, we didn't call it a blog and and uh, ger- you know journal writing and all this stuff is very important in this industry. So I think that we will uh over some time after some time passes we'll see a little bit more about what he's up to there all right um we got an abundance
0: of follow-up and feedback yes we did from the connected audience about airpods interference uh i started saving tweets and then had to stop it got out of hand <laughs> because there were too many like and everybody was saying very similar things so to kind of sum up what we heard about AirPod interference, it seems that a lot of people have these problems whilst in big cities, like walking around in big cities. So we had lots of reports from people who struggled with their AirPods breaking up whilst they're listening to them in New York, San Francisco, and London. They seem to be like the pockets that were really giving me information like a lot, you know, when people called out where they'd had issues. So... It seems that there is a something going on here, um, that, that that but it's intermittent enough that it's not considered to be an issue, which I completely understand. But the best possible explanation for this came in uh, from Yoni, um, and Yoni says um, there are broadcast wireless microphones that sit close to the radio frequency of Bluetooth, for Bluetooth audio. So, it is possible that when you go by or when you walk past certain places in cities where there could be broadcast microphones, Bluetooth would break up on audio devices. Now, this might not be the only explanation, but it seemed like a good and good explanation to me, especially because I was having the most problems whilst I was walking through Times Square. Which is just chock full of stuff. Yeah. So when I was walking through Times Square, like right in the center, I could barely hear them. And then as I would get further away, it would get better. So it could just be that it's like radio interference from other types of microphones and, and things like that that kind of break up. Um, so I think whatever the exact cause is, radio interference is probably the reason for this.
1: Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, so, it, was, it was really surprising yeah. to me to see how many people have this exact thing
0: yeah what I found surprising is how many people seem to have it, but I've never heard that it was a it was a thing
1: yeah me too i i mean I didn't had it i mean I guess it, if I'd thought about it, it would have made sense, but yeah, I've never really come across it,
0: but like even when it's happening to me, I'm not like, oh man, these things are broken. I'm assuming it is something that is going on around me, so I think that's probably why people don't talk about it very much because it's not an issue, right
1: yeah. So we should talk about the Marco service trademark. Trademark,
0: yeah. uh, trademark. is that the right one? Is sure. the trademark the right one? So Tyler wrote in to confirm that the service that Marco Arment provided uh, him when he bought, I think, an iPad from Marco was indeed top notch, like the service that I received from buying my MacBook Pro. Um, so I think that we can we can attest that buying things from Marco, y- you're going to get the best service possible
1: yeah i've uh i've purchased a camera from him in the past as well and it's great it came it came all wrapped up with a little uh little bow on top there wasn't a bow i bet there was so i i guess our recommendation is if marco's selling it buy it so so what do you think about the macbook pro it's sitting here on yep. the desk mm-hmm. uh how has it been in the week or so that you've had it would you say that i was right He's nodding
0: quietly. So no the the the, the, <laughs> the idea of claiming the rightness is is Perfectly no, accurate. No. I mean And fair. This came up because I questioned it. Well myself. Earned. and then you just jumped in like a hyena to pick the bones of my uh consternation. Wow. I know. Um so I would say that your recommendation Especially if your recommendation was for me to get this exact machine was right. That you were right to to recommend it. Because I love it. I think it's fantastic. This MacBook Pro is brilliant. Like, it's the best MacBook Pro I've ever had. Um, I have actually been using it predominantly the last few days. Uh, not because, I, you know, there's nothing wrong with my iPad. I love my iPad. It's better than the MacBook Pro for everything I want to do with that. For me. Uh, but I have been um focused on just the, the types of work that I need for that I need to be able to do on, on macOS. Yeah. Right. So anyway, so over the last few days I have been spending so much time on this and I've come to love the keyboard, which I wasn't expecting. It's way too loud, but it feels nice to touch the O key on this keyboard. Has been sticking for me. That's fine. Which is funny because I remember Marco having those exact problems with this exact machine. Uh, It it made me laugh when it happened. But yeah, it's great. It's super powerful. Um, Really, like, like I can't notice too much of a difference between it and my iMac, honestly, uh, some tasks, which is really impressive. So, yeah, I am. I think that this is fantastic and I'm pleased that, I'm, that I am got it because I think I would have lost my mind by now with trying to yeah. do all this stuff on the uh, on the MacBook.
1: I think so because you're doing so much production
0: yeah. on the road.
1: Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. well, good. It, um, I'm glad it's here. To do a little more follow-up, uh, I did provide you with a couple of stickers mm-hmm. on the back mm-hmm. and uh, we had some stickers show up in the mail. So you got some of those. Yep. So it, it is uh, slowly, you got what, two or three on there now? There's two on there. Two on there. So you're slowly getting there. Yeah, it it will take its time as it becomes part of the family. Yeah, it's um yeah, good. I'm glad you're happy with it, and I think um the more thing about it, the the more I think the two port no touch bar MacBook Pro is probably like the right MacBook for most people. We as I was talking to somebody today who's who's thinking about replacing an older MacBook Air, and that's kind of what I said to them, like this. You know, it's a little bit more than the MacBook Air would have been, especially if you need some storage space, right? That that cheap model is is pretty cheap uh, as far as, as <laughs> can be as far as storage, yeah. but but I think it's kind of the default right answer for me now. That the the MacBook is great if if the portability is the most important thing, but I think as far as like balance, the no touch bar is probably the way to go. Yeah, I think I agree with you.
0: I think I agree with you. Like. This provides you with most of the power that you're gonna need, whilst also keeping the price lower. And I don't, I I don't know if the touch bar is ready for prime time like right now, and and I don't know if it's gonna get there. But I, you know, I just I don't. Whenever I see people using it, it looks nice, but I haven't seen any application of it so far that I'm like, well, that makes perfect sense. Like that's way yeah. better than the button.
1: Yeah, I I agree, and I've got the Touch Bar sitting in front of me, and and really I I kept this machine and sold my two port because I I needed four ports for some of the stuff I do, but the Touch Bar is is real lackluster at this point.
0: Yeah, if they had a way to put more ports on the 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 like, like, what is it called? What is this machine called? What ATP is it calls called? it the Escape. Yeah, and I know, but what is it? It really is a called?
1: MacBook Pro 13 inch, like parenthetical two thunderbolt three ports or something forget it just it would be nice to put more ports their names are awful their names are really bad well good i'm glad it's working out
0: yeah me too me too and it it was it was a great it was a great decision to make i think and also uh i've traveled with it in a bag and didn't notice
1: yeah i mean you're going from two to three pounds they're all so light yeah it's um it's all it's all great
0: all right, today's show is also brought to you by Squarespace. Enter the offer code WORLD at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. They let you easily create a website for your next idea with the ability to grab a unique domain name, take advantage of beautiful award winning templates, and also be backed up with a 24 7 customer support team in case there's anything that you need. Whether you're looking to build a blog, portfolio, online store, or whatever it is, Squarespace is the only one platform that will let you do it. I've actually spent some time over the last few days building a website in Squarespace for my upcoming wedding next year. Squarespace has wedding templates. They're like specific templates for weddings. And I just went on. I'm still in the trial period right now as I'm setting everything up. And then I'm going to purchase my account once it's all ready. And just one thing that I was like, oh, Squarespace is so good. So you've got like RSVPs, right? You want to be able to RSVP people to your wedding. You can set up this form and then just attach it to a Google Sheet. So, everybody that fills out the form, it just goes into a Google Sheet. That's awesome. This is like native functionality of the platform. Like, this is why I use Squarespace because if I had to try and work that out on my own, it probably would have ended up kicking people out to a Google Form. Yeah, no which is one, just ugly. No one wants that. So I get to keep everybody within the beautiful Squarespace site and, and get all of the information that I need. And it's really easy to create all of that stuff. It It is honestly it's just a fantastic platform and I have no idea how they're able to build and maintain everything that they do, but they do because they're amazing. You don't have to worry about patches, installing anything or upgrading anything. Squarespace have got you covered. Their plans start at just $12 a month. You can start a trial today with no credit card required just by going to squarespace.com and then use the offer code WORLD WORLD to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for Connected. I would like to thank Squarespace for supporting this show and Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website.
1: So we have new beta bits.
0: Yep, we have a new beta, uh beta 6. We had beta 5 last week. Now we have beta 6 this week and I think the reason for that is pretty clear if you were using beta 5. It was buggy. Yeah, it was rough. It was pretty buggy. I had to keep I had to do many many forced uh, restarts over the week, just because of things like the dock not appearing, multitasking not working. You know, I wasn't able to split screen any applications. Like there were lots and lots of little problems. Uh, my wallpaper kept disappearing, and it was replaced with a black screen. That was my favorite. Um, except. For the background of notifications, yeah. which was kind of cool, um, it was a good look. Yeah, they, it was super buggy. Um, there are there are bugs in six. So uh, currently, every application that I open for the first time opens in the wrong orientation when I'm in landscape, and then I have to close it and reopen it again. But this is what beta life is all about. But beta five was uh, was particularly bad. However, beta six has introduced a few things which has set uh, the internet ablaze, um, namely a couple of icons. Now, I want to start with the Maps icon, because I think that this is the less less egregious of the two. So Apple have taken the Maps icon, which used to show uh, a road that was leading into one infinite loop, mm-hmm. and have replaced it with a new icon, which shows a road leading into Apple Park. And I see many people tell me, or well, not tell me, tell the internet, kind of me, uh, that for some reason... Shout into the void. They don't like it. And I can't understand yeah. what's wrong with this
1: icon. I got... I have no... It, it's basically the same parts that were on the previous one, just, just remixed. in a different
0: orientation. Like, they're just yeah. mixed around a little bit more, and it's a circle in it now. Like I don't fully understand like why this icon would make you mad if the old one didn't. Like, putting them side by side, I don't... I don't see what the problem is. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's very, very peculiar to me. I don't get it.
1: Yeah. And all these people have maps on their home screen? That seems dubious. But uh, I'm fine with it. But we should talk about the App Store icon. Yeah, this is the one that people are really upset about. So it has been different in iOS 11 than it was in iOS 10. And... You know, it's always kind of been an A of some sort, right? That's sort of Apple's indication for an application bundle on, on the Mac. It's a very simple A. The new one looks, I see uh, like three Popsicle sticks forming an A. Yeah. It, it's sort of a test. Some people said it looked like, look like a, a like a lean-to or some sort of like skiing house structure. I see Popsicle sticks. What do you think about this? I mean, I see architectural drawing I can when see, I look at it. Yeah, kind of. Like it's, it's a blueprint.
0: That's what it looks like to me. And I think that that makes, that, that makes sense to me in my mind. Like this a kind of like a blueprint. It's showing that something's being built. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's fine. I don't understand. I like it. It's like fine.
1: Yeah. I, I don't, you know, I don't really care for it. I like the old one better, but it's whatever. It's an icon design. Like I don't think this is something that is, is all the, Like we're only talking about it because of the response it got. Like, otherwise, this would not be a story. It would have been a a simple bullet point. Right. I have no problem with this
0: icon. Um, I think it's pleasing to the eye. uh, and, And that's kind of about it, really. Like, Apple have had a history of weird icons, right? Like, so many of the iOS 7, beta 1, beta 2 icons were just, like,
1: some not of those good. remain with us, basically unchanged. Safari is basically the same. Photos is basically the change. That we've no we've, we've come to grow. Actually, I really like the photos one. Yeah, they've we've come they've come to grow on us. And at some point, we'll look back on this application, uh, the App Store icon, and it will be just how it always has been, and everything before it will look old. It's just that's just the way that these things. I
0: mean, I'm looking at the icon um, on the Mac App Store on this Mac in front of me. Right, mm-hmm. that is not nice-looking to me. It's a pencil and a paintbrush and a straight line. So
1: that's very much how Apple has formed that A for a really long time. Like I don't like... I mean, like iPhones. when I look
0: at it, like,
1: objectively, I take myself
0: out of yeah. knowing what it is and just look at it. I don't like that any... You know, I, I don't look at that and be like, oh, my gosh, that is so much better than the one we have now. Yeah, Because, effectively, the one that we have now, the one that potentially we'll have... It's the same idea but just taking away the schemorphism, if you would call it that, of a paintbrush and a pencil. Yeah. Right? Like it's the same layout, it's the same three. It's things. just sort of uh,
1: flattened out into into sticks. Yeah.
0: And I think that it's fine. But I, I do think that it looks weird next to the iTunes store
1: icon. Which is just a a glyph of a star on a purple background. <laughs> and I, you know, my
0: assumption is those things should match up in some way. Like I think it does look a bit peculiar next to that one now because they kind of fit together in the previous version. So so I don't know. Like I think maybe an outline, a star outline would make more sense to me than or a little drop
1: a f- shadow in there, just something to to mm-hmm. sort of punch it up a little bit
0: but yeah I don't you know it doesn't bother me too can, much
1: can we agree that the health icon is really the worst of the defaults it's kind of it's kind of a bit lazy isn't it really <laughs> it's a white field with a red heart in like the upper right corner that takes I up I mean I like out.
0: the upper right corner thing because it's like ah, oh, that's where the heart is but like it's it, where the heart is Yeah, that's where the heart is home screen is where the heart is Um, I do like the settings the the increased settings the, the contrast, contrast I do it. I do too that's that's it's sticking out to me a lot. Yeah. But I do like it. I used to keep settings on my dock, and then the internet shamed me into doing that. The internet shamed people into a lot of doing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they fixed reminders. They flipped it back around again.
1: Oh, did they? Yeah,
0: they flipped it back around.
1: That again. was super weird with it
0: on the right side. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the other big features or changes uh, is around auto brightness. So question, do you have your devices, auto brightness on or Off. Off. Okay. Now I know that Federico has it off and keeps his devices on maximum, which I don't understand how he yeah, has any retinas on. I don't off. either. Um, I leave it on. I don't know why you wouldn't.
1: I think when I turned it off the first time, it wasn't very good yet. And I just said that's just been my default, like just something I do.
0: So you sit and you must be changing your brightness all the time, right?
1: I mean, most of the time if I'm using a device, it's with lights on i don't i don't use my devices in bed or late with no lights on very much yeah um
0: which also surprises me that federico doesn't like this feature since he works in the dark like like 12 hours a day so i mean i have used auto brightness and it works fine for me i i never i very rarely find myself in a situation where i need to bring it up or down i do do it but i know i don't do it as much as i would do it if i had this feature off
1: well everybody's going to get the chance to, to. to, to exper- learn experience us
0: now because auto brightness is now on by default for everybody. I believe they're changing the default.
1: I could tell you my phone's over there though.
0: Um and that it is now an accessibility feature.
1: That's the most interesting to me that that's where they put it. That this is not just a statement of we think you should use auto brightness. They've hidden it. But the statement is auto brightness is the way forward. Yeah. And uh I assume this is about battery life or or it, there
0: is literally some some warning text mm-hmm. that says that if you turn it off it will decrease your battery life.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's heavy-handed. Yeah. So there you go. Uh I don't know much. Maybe someone can help. Uh so maybe you know this is so on the like the LCD panels they use on the on the iPhone and iPad when they move to OLED with this new phone which is rumored is backlight usage more battery intensive on an OLED display than an LCD? I, I don't know. I have no idea. Man. If you know this, please let us know. And, and maybe that that's part of the puzzle here. Of we're moving to something new, and uh, and it's going to work better. Or they just think auto brightness has gotten good enough where they can just do it. And you know, that's what
0: I think. Like I I don't understand why somebody would need to manage their brightness manually. Like I never have problems with auto brightness. Yeah. But it is weird to take a feature like that and stuff it into accessibility settings and yeah. then change the defaults potentially. I mean, I, I've said that, but I'm not 100% sure. But I believe that it is changed for people like that. They've said it and then they yeah. pushed it away. I don't think that this is a one that they need to go back on, though. I think like this is something that people don't maybe don't like, but you can still fix it if you really need to. If, if
1: you're the type of user who, who is going to notice auto brightness is on and don't want it, you're the same kind of user who probably knows where accessibility settings are. Yeah,
0: and and the fact that they still give you the option if you really must have that option, that's fine. And I can actually can s- assume that there are some accessibility reasons why they have kept it around, like that there are, there are genuine reasons that somebody might want to have it rather than just personal preference. Uh, so it's good that they've kept it, but it is interesting that they changed it. Yeah. But I'm not sure if this really says anything about the next iPhone. Like if the if the battery life thing is a thing, then yeah, but this doesn't screen that to me
1: without yeah. knowing the information. Yeah, and, and unless there's something about OLED that we just don't know.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um yeah, and it just may just be, hey, we're gonna do this and this is the beta that it made mm-hmm. it into. So um so so talking about the, the new the new phone or the, the leaked details of the new phone, uh there's a a, a rendering of a phone going around um, put together by Steve Troutt-Smith of the the notch at the top of the screen, but it also being present at the bottom of the screen. Yeah, so uh, just to clarify that, like, so Steve and smith
0: he has given more information which led to a user experience designer by the name of Maxim Petrov okay. to create the actual images that 9to5Mac have published in their posts. Okay. Right, so like I, I think that Steve created like an idea, and then somebody went ahead and
1: and pushed that a little bit further to show what it could look like in, in yeah. use. So, so this brings up the questions that we've been talking about: Does will, will iOS eleven sort of flow around the notch, and you have stuff on either side of it, or are they going to lob it off with dark pixels to make it look flat uh, at the top or at the bottom? Like so, these renderings at the bottom is, is really where I. Disagree with this idea? Like I don't. I mean, they could do it, right? Obviously, in three weeks, yeah. this could be moot. But because
0: one of the images shows like a mirror image, like that that you would create in software, a notch at the bottom, which doesn't actually really exist.
1: Yeah, that. that yeah, I don't know. And it, and if you have a, an app like Tweetbot with your controls ac- and tabs across the bottom, mm-hmm. they sort of get pushed up a little bit, and or, or the the outer ones kind of fall around. It, it just as awkward as it is at the top, the status bar can take care of itself with the new with the new icons they're using. But at the bottom, so much stuff goes down there. I just don't know if I buy that not being a, a completely flat level uh, starting point at the bottom of the screen.
0: Yeah, because I am still of the opinion that the home button will not be a persistent thing and that they'll be able to do more interesting things with it um, than it just live there. Uh, so... I mean, I understand why you might want to do this for visual reasons, but I figure if you want to do this, then you may as well actually just put a button there. A tiny little, tiny little bit, like a really button. physical button and just double up the, the notch. I think that it would be weird to have this mirror image in place sometimes and not other times, because by making it in place, it makes it look it's part of the industrial design and therefore the silhouette of the phone, yeah. which isn't actually how the phone's going to look.
1: Right. Uh, I think if this were like a hardware notch, we would have seen it in those apple pay icons that that got dug up in the homepod firmware. Yeah, I think
0: I think we're, we we gonna be very confident that like the screen is flat at the bottom. That I nothing so. nothing pops up into the bottom so, at this point.
1: So let's talk about the notch a little bit. We we spoke last week or two weeks ago about the the possibility and MQBHD had a video of a mock up with a white front glass yep. and so the notch was white, which made me say that I thought that they wouldn't I wouldn't they wouldn't do it because they wanted to like show off how the OLED screens look, right? Right. So so I've had a thought that if they decide to sort of cover up the notch, so the, if the cover glass is black, the notch would be black glass with cameras and stuff sunk into it. The status bar on either side of it would be black. And so looking at it, it would appear if the, phone, if the top of the screen were actually flat as it is now, you're kind of blending software and hardware at the top to hide it. Yep. And if they do that with a black status bar and white glass, I think, to your point, I agree with you, it looks kind of icky, but uh, uh, and, and talking about it and thinking about it some more, there's nothing saying that they couldn't have a a white status bar on the white front phones. And the rest of the UI could be the same when you pull it down. You know, the very top would stay white, but the rest of it, I think, would work. You know, when you go into uh, your notifications or widgets or something, I think it would work. And when all that stuff is closed and you're just on your home screen or on an app, it blends... Uh, really seamlessly I think that could actually look really really nice because so much of iOS is white now like I, I think maybe it would look as good or even better than the black front if they decided to blend software and hardware at the top and use a white status bar uh, instead of a black one and there is some precedent for this uh, I don't know what version of iOS it was but for years now the startup screen yeah. on mm-hmm. iOS uh, with the, the splash screen with the logo has matched the color of the device. So if you have a white iPad, you get a white screen. If you have a black iPad, you get a black screen. They're already aware of that yep. and, and they can do things with it. So why not, if you're going to hide the notch, if you're going to absorb it and, to, and with pixels on either side, why not go all the way? So basically what
0: you're proposing then is that it could be possible that if you had a phone with a white face on it, that the status bar is all white and then the rest of the UI remains as it is. So what we currently see as a black status bar at the top of the phone would be a white status bar and it would include cell reception, clock, and battery yeah. per se. So I think that this is an interesting idea as like a way to blend the colors together. The only question I have, though, is like how good it will actually look. So what we're expecting is that App, one of the reasons Apple is able to potentially do this to blend everything together is because OLED blacks are, tr- are basically true blacks, right? So it w- is more likely then if everything's black for to all look like it blends in together. I'm wondering if white replication would be
1: as close. Or it may be weird once you get into uh, night shift or, or something. I don't think it would. I don't think the blending would be nearly as good because, like you said, black on OLED is basically off, and it it, it would look very seamless, mm-hmm. I think. So yeah, it may be it may be some trade off, but I think it would be better than to my aesthetic having those those mirrors up there. I'm
0: inclined to agree with you there, right? That I I feel that having a really having this white front would look really peculiar when it's all off and stuff. Like as I said before, like it feels like if you have a almost edge to edge display, try your best to hide the edges. Yeah, and I think that white doesn't do that, but We'll see. see. I mean, you know, if people really like white phones, I mean, and this might be like one of these things where it's like a data point that Apple can't ignore, that maybe they sell more white iPhones than black iPhones. And if that's the case, can you really go and not make a white iPhone?
1: I mean, forever they've used white front glass on the majority of their back color options. You, You can buy what... Five colors now, and
0: three of them have a white face. Yeah,
1: red, silver, and gold are all white, and then uh, black. Oh and no, jet it's black. actually
0: more than that, isn't it? It's red, right. silver, rose gold, and gold. It's four, and then, and then there's two black. Uh, yeah,
1: black and jet black. So, so it's it, this has
0: been maybe since they first introduced gold, there have been more white-faced iPhones available for purchase, yeah. which therefore might skew the numbers. Yeah. So, like, if you're looking at the numbers, yet you know, we sell, we outsell white to black iPhones three to one
1: they have at least got that. to
0: take a go with it, right, and see if people actually like it or not. That that could be... I mean, that's one of those things of, like, how do you ignore that? And uh, I feel like Apple... To just how I believe they work these days is maybe they work a little bit more data-driven in that way. Yeah. And not just so much based purely on design. I think so. So that, that might be something... A reason for it because I really think that it's just not going to look as good as the white one's yeah. going to look.
1: But but either way, I want them. Out of all these ideas, I would like them to work to hide the notch into the screen. I don't. want I think a, a flat top screen is more appeasing, a ple, uh pleasing to me personally.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, I am though. I think in the embrace the notch team. Mm-hmm. I kind of want. I, 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 when we look at these, uh, whenever you look at these, these mock ups, you kind of see two things right now. One of them just shows like the UI flat across the screen, and then the other shows the UI going up into the corners. Little Batman ears. Little Batman ears. I want it to go all the way up into the corners because to me, it's like, I have that screen, don't waste it. Like, and this is how I feel about the, the, If they just have like this persistent home button on the screen with blank space on the left or the right of it, I feel like it's a waste of this big screen. Like, don't give me a big screen and then waste it. Like, find a way to use it. If you don't know what that way is, keep working harder until you find out what it is. Like, just giving me a phone that has this fantastic screen, but with a ton of unusable space, it's like, well, why are we even doing this? Well, I
1: think that depends on how deep that notch goes. If it's just the status bar, then it kind of comes out in the wash, I think. But yeah, if it if it's further, if it pushes into the content area somehow, right? Then... But like
0: if if they cut off the UI, then why even do it? Like, well, just... if
1: if all that would be lost is the status bar, and you put the status bar on either side of the notch, you haven't lost anything. No, but I mean, there, there are different
0: mockups. Some of the mockups just have it go flat straight across the top, like, yeah, completely unused, and the UI remains the same. So we'll see. I mean, I I am enjoying this. I know we, we are spending uh, more talk more time on iPhone rumors than we ever have in the past.
1: Uh, usually, you don't get Apple leaking firmware that That's details true. it. <laughs> but like,
0: also this this iPhone has a level of excitement around it that I don't think we've had for a few years. Yeah. Right where like the physical design of the iPhone can inform some new decisions about the way that software is designed. That hasn't happened since the Plus. And that was a long time ago. And like the last three iPhones that we've had, or maybe two iPhones, they've looked exactly the same as the one that came before it. So there wasn't really much of an interesting discussion to be had around the hardware of the device. But we get to have that discussion now. And that's kind of why I'm excited to continue talking about this. But we're probably like two weeks away from the event announcement, maybe three weeks away from the event at this point. Like... We're mid mid to late August now. I can't imagine that we're gonna that we'll get to a month from now without seeing what this fun looks like in the flesh.
1: Yeah, I mean, even the you know if the events the week of the eleventh and twelfth, you know, somewhere in there, we're we're three or four weeks away, and so it it's all it's all coming quick. I actually kind of realized that, that just yesterday. I was like, oh no, when the I was like kind of thinking ahead of through September. I was like, oh yeah. The funny event's right around the corner, (laughs) sneaks up every year. It
0: most certainly does. All right, should we take a final break? Let's do it. All right, today's show is also brought to you by Bombfell, the online personal styling service dedicated to finding the right clothes for you. Look, shopping for clothes can be stressful. Stores are busy, you don't know necessarily what you're looking for, and also it can be tough knowing what will suit you. I have this problem, I I don't know what I'm going to look good in. Um, And even if you order online, and when you do, you still run the risk of being caught out by return fees in case something doesn't fit, which is something that literally happened to me two days ago. Well, Bomfell is an easier way for men to get better clothes. Their personalized service is ready to help you step up your look. When you sign up to Bomfell, you'll be matched with your very very own stylist who can find the right clothing for you that's going to just fit you just perfectly. Bonfell's service is fully personalized, and it's the only styling service that charges no fee for it. And every piece is handpicked for you by your Bonfell stylist. Bonfell will look through menswear collections around the world and send the pieces from the collections that they believe will work best for you. There are no hidden fees or catches. It is super simple and really straightforward as a way to step up your look. You only pay for what you keep, and there is no charge to send returns back. And Bombfell doesn't make any money on items that you don't want, so they are dedicated to making sure that their picks are spot on. Bombfell is completely flexible. You can push up, delay, or skip your shipments at any time. Now, Stephen, I know that you've received some stuff from Bombfell. I'm kind of interested to know what the experience was like for you.
1: It was it was great. Like you said, it's easy to go through and, and pick stuff. It's very uh, low pressure. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you go into that sort of thing, and, and knowing that their return policy and, and that side of things was so easy, Uh, made it made it really low stress and i'm like you i don't like going shopping my wife drags me into it sometimes and i really dislike all of it Uh, but it's great you get everything and if if for some reason you do want to send something back like that whole process down to what they ship it in makes it really easy to do that everything is packaged individually it's very easy to to deal with and uh, i ended up keeping everything because i really liked all of it but if you don't it makes they make it super easy big thumbs up we have a great deal for Connected listeners. You can get $25
0: off your first purchase by visiting bomfeld.com slash connected. Sign signing up is easy. You just tell them your measurements in the simple questionnaire. You can then set up your first order and you'll get an email from your stylist of your handpicked selections. After that, you have 48 hours to make any changes or cancel it altogether. And then once your clothes arrive, you have seven days before any payment is taken so you can send back anything you don't like. You're in total control. Bombfell also provides an option to sign up as well on behalf of your partner. The bomb That's bomfell.com slash connected, B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L, for $25 off your first purchase. Check out Bomfell today and find the right clothes for you. We'd like to thank Bomfell for their support
1: of this show. All right, what else do we have on the docket today, Mr. Stephen Hackett? So many things. So let's talk about the Canary. Okay. So so this is a home security device. You and I uh, both have one. It's got a camera. Mm-hmm. It's got a microphone. It can send you notifications. It has an alarm built into it, which we both like. So if, and tested. And yeah, we tested it in the studio because you never heard it. Nope. And so we opened the door to the studio and backed way far away and turned it on. And uh, it's incredibly loud. So it's very loud.
0: good to know. It's good to know.
1: Yeah. So if uh, if you know you're at home and uh, and you're or if you're away and a Federico Vitić breaks into your house, you can blast him with the alarm and he'll, he'll know what's up. So they had a, a blog post up earlier this week introducing kind of three new features we wanted to talk about. Uh, canary Talk, desktop streaming, and uh, a new sort of uh, reduced latency to deliver real-time yep. video. Uh, it's all it's all good stuff. The, the latency, I think, is the one I'm most excited about because they, their notifications have been noticeably slower than what the Nest Cam can do, and they seem to have really caught up. It seems nearly instantaneous that if I walk in front of the camera without disarming it, I get a push notification on my device's which is great. The uh, des- desktop streaming, again. Desktop streaming. Desktop screaming. Mike. Oh no. Desktop screaming. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a different thing. Mm-hmm. Desktop streaming lets you view the the camera on the web. So before you were stuck with their iOS device. Again, this catches them up with with Nest, which again is just what I'm most familiar with. Uh, but you can you can log in and do that. That is only accessible if you are part of their membership their subscription which which, i think that's fine yeah i think it's fine too it incentivizes that and uh and then there's canary talk which I think you wanted to to talk through yeah so I've I was excited to see this because
0: it enables you to talk through the camera right so you would be able to talk to somebody at home which you can do for intruders which is good but also family members pets that kind of stuff and I think you and Rem were talking about this on Query recently and she upset her dogs quite significantly yeah yeah,
1: she talked to them and they freaked out yeah so so
0: don't necessarily think that that's going to work for your animal maybe you want to try that out a little bit beforehand um but i'm really pleased that this is a feature that now exists because it's 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 kind of all of these things for me are further validating my purchase which is nice it's nice when you make a purchase and then later on the company adds more and more features to the product and or service which just further gives you an extra value for money yeah and that's what i feel like i've gotten here and just before the show today uh is at home whilst whilst i'm here and I was talking through the canary at her and she was confirming that it was coming through. And with the messages that she was sending me, it seemed like it was, it was pretty real time. So I can hear her through the, the microphone that it has um, and she can hear me through the speaker now. And I think that is so cool to have this new feature added to hardware that I haven't had to change in any way. There wasn't even a firmware update that I'm aware of. Like, there was nothing I had to perform. I updated the app in Memphis and could talk through my canary in London. It was really, really impressive. And I'm super, super excited and super pumped about this because I love this product. And, you know, if you've been listening to me over the last few weeks, I've kind of been umming and ahhing about the Nest because mm-hmm. of some of the features that it has. But now I feel like it's it's basically on par again, like... So I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm really, really excited about this.
1: Yeah, and I think that, that idea that these products should improve over time, like we were talking about it, it, it makes a lot of sense with something like a home security device that you're going to have for years and years. But clearly the hardware was capable of this when they designed it and they've been working towards it in software. And that that's exciting too that, that companies have forethought and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I guess the speaker for the siren, right, like the alarm is what has enabled yeah, them to do it. Maybe. It's, it's really impressive. I'm, I'm very pleased about it. So uh, so yeah, good. Yeah, good. so I think a lot of these features have been enabled by the fact that there is a membership scheme, right? So there are people paying canary every month, which brings us on to our next topic. Ulysses. So Ulysses. Ulysses has switched to a subscription model. Can you tell me about this?
1: Sure. So Ulysses is a writing app for Mac and iOS. It was pretty pricey before. I think the Mac app was like forty bucks, the iOS app was maybe ten or fifteen or twenty bucks tie in stuff if you if you do a lot of writing, I know a lot of people write in ulysses like exclusively mm-hmm. uh, including or yep. or at the very least a lot, including our friend Federico Yep, he does uh, his review has been written uh, in of iOS eleven in Ulysses uh, but what they announced is that the apps are now free, they have come with a fourteen day free trial, and at the end of those fourteen days, you can subscribe. A single subscription gets you both the Mac and iOS versions, which is really nice that you can you can just pay once and have access to it on all of your devices. Uh, if you're a student, they have student pricing for like $12 every six months. It's kind of a funny way of saying that, but uh, reduced for students, which I think is nice. And if you're an existing customer, you get 18 months worth, worth of usage for free, and then you get a lifetime discount uh, on your subscription it's five bucks a month or 40 bucks a year. I don't year. think that
0: every customer gets an 18 month free period.
1: Uh, I don't know. They have like three blog posts about this. Their marketing is a little confusing, but at some point if you bought it in the most recent. Yeah. Period there time, is
0: like a, I think there is a, um, a bracket in which you had to have bought the application to benefit from the free period. Like I don't, I think that it's, it's not for all existing customers. Like, there is an existing customer period of time. Okay, general, I can actually tell you this maybe by the fact that I have downloaded the app. Uh, I agree with you that it has been pretty confusing, but these things tend to be right. Like I've, I don't think I've ever seen one of these. Yeah, like day one did seamlessly. this a couple
1: months ago, and it was confusing. I mean, it's a it's a hard thing to do to change business model like midway through, but their blog post or one of their blog posts talks a lot about the reasons they're doing this, and it's. It's a lot of stuff you'd expect to hear that ongoing development cost money. And to do that, there are, are big cons to just having paid upgrades or just having one app you build on forever and just hope new people show up. And so they said that they're okay at this point, but they're looking towards the future and that this is why they're, they're doing this. I don't – I do pay for several subscriptions at this point. Um, Ulysses is not an app I used before. Yep. So, so I'm not really affected by this but uh, there, you know if you if you look on Twitter there's always people saying you know well I wouldn't look at an app that had a subscription but I think ultimately if you want these things to stick around the ones that you use you're going to end up paying for so
0: I don't like the way that they're expressing this um, but I can see how you got confused you can get a free use period of up to 18 months okay. right depending on what you bought so if you bought it recent, as they call recent purchases of the Mac app will unlock 12 months of free use. Okay. Recent purchases of the iOS app unlock six months of free use. So you can get up to 18 months. But from everything that I've found, it doesn't seem very clear. Like in, in the blog post, so like let's say in the last couple of months or so, you bought the application. So what it does when you start doing your Ulysses is checking something. And I assume it's checking those receipts. You know, you get like the little purchase receipts yeah. that, that, that apps can check. I think it's checking those because then it tells you kind of what you qualify for. And I have to pay full price probably because I bought it like eight months ago, eight, nine months ago, or something like that. Um, only on iOS. So I don't have Ulysses on the Mac. So, you know, th- this is one of the things that's like, and I think it's it's good to criticize when it's unclear. So it's like if I am a customer, which I am coming to this, I'm not 100% sure what I'm supposed to be getting. Right? like it's like i don't I don't think that their marketing is is super clear about this, probably because it is an incredibly difficult thing to convey now, people are upset about this as you can understand uh because Ulysses was an expensive app to begin with, yes, right, so i I think I paid like twenty dollars or however much it was, something like that to get the application um and that's a. Higher priced application than most, right? Yeah. And at least my expectation was if I was paying that amount of money, then I was probably good for a while. Right. Right. Like, and I think that might be a thing in people's minds is like, if this isn't a $3 app, like, this might be all I'm ever going to pay it. So mm-hmm. I think that's why, like, th- there seems to have been quite a bit of backlash, especially in the user reviews about this. But this is the type of application that definitely should be a subscription application. I think
1: Be- because it's something if you use this, you rely on it day in and day out and
0: it's super professional and it's super niche and it has a bunch of incredibly powerful features that most people don't need mm-hmm. like it really is an application for people that write professionally that's right. who should own ulysses and my belief is that if you make an application like that, then you should have a subscription because it makes sense and it enables you to continue to push the application forward. What makes it trickier is when the apple's already uh, higher price than most applications. Yeah. Now again, was Ulysses worth however much I paid for it? Of course it was. It's a great application. I've only used it a few times, but whenever I use it, it's great. Like I use it for specific tasks, like when I've had scripts for YouTube videos or when I've written long blog posts and stuff like that. Like I use that, um, but it becomes tricky for people when they feel like that they've paid quite a lot of money. And then the rug gets poured from under them. Like I understand why people feel that way. Right.
1: Yeah. And I think that's going to be the case whenever you do this as a developer that going into it, you just need to know that there's going to be this sort of response and regardless of the time, uh, that you do it, regardless of if you just had an update or it's been years since you've had an update, or if you were expensive or you were cheap, people are going to respond negatively to this at first. And, uh, I think if you're a developer, and once you kind of swallow that pill, it makes it easier to move forward. And I think as long as you're clear about your reasons and users see that as they start paying for it, features are rolling out and that their money is going towards something, then I think people, your users that really care about your app, they'll settle down.
0: Yeah, and look, this is the thing, right? Like, I believe that this is something that they should do because if this is what their business requires to continue then yeah, do it, right? Like I feel like this is something that that they should do and then people can make their decisions, right? Like I haven't purchased this yet because I don't use Ulysses that often. But when I come to a next reason for me to use this application, Hmm. then maybe I'll think about it then. Or I'll just keep the app that I currently have, Sure, right? Like it still works. I don't know how long it's going to work for, but it still works. Right, because they this is something I did like about this is to set up a new app, right? So like people that have the app can keep the app. Yeah. Um and, and it will work for as long as it works. Uh but when it comes to the time where I'm going to be writing something again, I'll make the decision as to whether I want to, to buy this application. Like I don't I don't necessarily feel that people should just pay for things because they're available. Right. Sure. Like don't pay just to support pay to support and get something. Yeah. And if what you're getting is the application or relay of bonus content, then you're getting something in return, right? right? Like that's why I mean so for us when it came to doing our membership, providing things and then and as we have done over time, continuing to provide more makes sense. Like I think that pe that there should be some kind of exchange. If you're giving somebody money and when you're used to getting something free or used to getting something for an existing relationship if you're changing that relationship, you should get something back. So when I come to make the decision as to whether I want to buy this application uh, to 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 get the subscription, then I'll just make the decision of whether I want to do it. And I saw like Federico and a bunch of people being like, this is a no brainer for me. Of course, I'm going to sign up. Well, yeah, you use the app every day. Like, like it makes perfect sense for you to do that, right? Like if you use it every single day, 100% you should be paying. If you use it very frequently, yeah, you probably should. If you barely ever use it, then think about that before you sign up for a monthly subscription. This was this is like the purchasing decisions that people sh- we knew that people would have to start making when we first heard about this. Like the idea of just grabbing an app for fun and seeing if it works for you comes to an end with stuff like this. But they do have stuff like a free trial, which right. I think is great. So in, you can go in and in try. In some it out.
1: ways, there's more opportunity to to play with this app yeah. now than before because the, the the price was a bar to, to for casual
0: checking out and i bet this is one of the reasons that they did that like they they believe their application is worth good money which it is it's fantastic so they but they knew that people were never trying it they were never getting the experience because the application was i'm just saying 20 dollars. i've tried looking and it's really difficult to find this information out now because if you google ulysses price all you get is the new information um but so, like, you know, if you were wanted to give it a go, you had there was a high barrier of entry compared to what you're used to paying on the app store, right? I mean, all of this is relative, okay? Like, I would have to say that, like, all of this is relative to the environment that the applications run in, and blah 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 blah. So yeah, it probably is a good thing for them now because more customers can try it out because there is a 14-day free trial. And that's I bet that that's going to be a really good thing for them. They just need to get through this right now. And I don't think any developer, you, you put this great, like I don't think any developer can do this in 2017 and not expect this reaction. Business model changes upset people because people don't like change. And they don't want to see like... This application is now going to cost me more money than ever. Like I feel like I'm being ripped off. Like that's how people feel. That's how people react to this stuff. So I I feel like anybody that does this has to expect it, right?
1: Yeah, and I think if you if you an app you use you know goes through one of these these transitions, it's an opportunity to think if it's if it's really critical or not. And a lot of developers, or at least the the reputable ones, are doing what Ulysses did and what day one did of, Hey, the the version that you have now will still work, you know, for the foreseeable future. But if you want to move forward with us, you need to get on this other train. And that gives people ample opportunity to really evaluate if it's worth it for them. And if it's not, that's fine. And if it is, that's fine too. And I would imagine without having done any math that if, if even, you know, a subset of their users do this and they leave a bunch behind, then they'll still be okay financially. And that's what this is all about, making an app sustainable over the long term.
0: Yeah, there, there is a problem in regards to reviews with the way that like the free trial stuff works now. Is like, say a developer had a $5 app and then version 2 was another $5, right? People couldn't leave one-star reviews on the new app unless they bought it. But now you could download the app, get the free trial and leave a one-star review on the new app, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's That can be a problem for people because, I mean, their reviews are in a dumpster right now. Like, it's not yeah. good, right? Because people are protesting, people are upset, right? Like, people want to say, like, we don't think you should be doing this, you're ripping us off, that kind of thing. So that that is a problem now with the fact that you can grab these these applications for free for 14 days that you can go ahead and leave a yeah. review. I mean, that could be something for Apple to think about. Like, should you be able to leave a review during the trial period?
1: Yeah, that would be really interesting to see... Um. If that's something they address because more developers are moving to this, and Apple's been so responsive.
0: Because the trial period's a real thing that exists. Like this isn't just something people were messing around with anymore. Like the fourteen-day free trial thing, it can lock you out. Like that's it. You can. You, that's why this like low tier of of uh, use exists, right? That's like why this this fourteen-day thing exists. So you can do this. Yeah. So it'd be nice if Apple maybe were like, "Hey, you just can't leave reviews during this period of time." Yeah. That would be kind of cool. We'll sure,
1: sure if you develop uh, one of these apps that's exactly what you want
0: <laughs> yeah it probably is so it's something to think about I mean but this is just these are the things that come out as the business models continue to move um, and as we stand here in, in August 2017 I still see way less of my applications on a subscription model than I expected I really thought it was going to be more than this and I think a lot of developers are hesitant because of reactions like what Ulysses are getting yeah I think so all right, I think that rounds out this week's episode. If you want to find our show notes this week, go to relay.fm slash connected slash 155. I recommend that you do go there because the website is new and fancy and beautiful and you can go and take a look at it and peruse over the cornucopia of attractive pixels. If, uh,
1: I really was curious how you're going to end that sentence. Yeah, I didn't,
0: I'm didn't. i still not sure if I know how it's going to end. Uh, thanks to Blue Apron, Squarespace, and Bonfell for supporting this week's show. Thanks to Mr. Stephen Hackett for allowing me to join him in his studio to record today um, and for giving me equipment and a glass of water. You
1: don't want to do it outside in the rain. Inside is better.
0: Memphis weather is like, you've lied to me. The weather's so bad. It's been it's been pouring
1: for three days. Oh, well, don't come in August. And it's it.
0: raining, warm, and humid. Come in, come in April and May. It's nice. This is unacceptable. This is unacceptable. Um, Stevens online at 512pixels.net and he is at ISMH uh, on Twitter. I am at imike, I M Y K E. Our wandering co host, Mr. Federico Vaticci, is at maxstories.net and he is at Vaticci on Twitter, V I T I C C I. I think we're all back together next week. Thanks so. But then I'm gone for a week, the week after that. Yes. Summertime, everybody. How does it work? It doesn't. Uh, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next time. Until then, please sign up for our membership. We love you if you already have related FM slash membership. Give us money and you get cool stuff.
1: Goodbye. Adios.